Amen. All right. Notice what it says in Luke 21 and verse 25. It says, And there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and upon the earth, distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth for the powers of the heaven shall be shaken. I want you to notice that phrase where it says men's hearts failing them for fear. What I want to preach about this morning is keeping your cool in a crisis. Okay, obviously with all this going on, I got to preach something along these lines. You just have to, right? I mean, y'all are coming out on a day like this. It's just kind of required preaching on this subject. But you know what's interesting? This is a, here is a passage about the tribulation, and I do not believe we're in the tribulation right now. But I think it's interesting how all when all these things are going on, it's going to be such a scary time. The Bible says men's hearts will be failing them because of fear. You know, and I used to read that thing. Good night. How bad would things have to get for people's hearts to be failing because of fear? Well, I've learned this week it won't have to be that bad. You know, this passage is a little easier to believe after this week for sure. But, you know, the thing is, there are many things in this world that can take us out. Y'all understand that? You know, the many things. You know, Allie, when we flew last week, you know, she gets nervous about flying and she's always asking about statistics on plane crashes and things. And I'm telling her how, you know, it's safer than driving in a car. I was like, you know, we're more likely to be killed, you know, driving to the airport than, you know, in that airplane. And, you know, you, you know there's so many things that could take us out. I mean, you can drown, you can have, you know, People die of weird accidents. And there's a, about a zillion sicknesses that you can die of out there. And something's going to take all of us out. But you know what I don't want taking me out? Fear. You know, there's just some ways I don't want to die. They just seem like a waste of a way to die. You know, I want to go out in a glorious way if possible. And the last thing I want to do is go to an early grave because I was scared to death of something. Even if it's legit. Okay? Even if it's legit. Okay? I don't want to die because I got scared. I don't want to go and have some guy pointing a gun at me and I just die of a heart attack because it scared me so bad. All right? I hope he has to put a bullet in me to take me out. And so when I see this here and you see all the ways people are going to be dying, it's like, you know, I can believe that, you know, seeing all these things, but I don't want that to be what takes me out. And so because of the fact, though, that we know difficult times are going to come, you know, we need to know how to handle ourselves. In a crisis, we know you need to know how to keep our cool in a crisis because I do believe that that's very important. And I think there's a lot of things that we can learn from uh, in the scriptures on how we need to handle these things. And, you know, this isn't my first pestilence that I've been through. I, I was through the great pestilence of, at Camp Joy and back in uh, 2000. I was at Camp Joy. I was a counselor that week and we had a week where a flu bug went through there. It was like a two day flu bug that would make everybody throw up. And I'm telling you, it was the craziest thing I ever saw. Every service, we would have, like, all of a sudden during the service, you'd just hear, you know, you'd hear a kid just throw up. You know, you'd watch all the kids spread out. And then, you know, and it, we got so used, they'd just keep preaching. And then they had staff come. They'd start cleaning things up, take the kid out. I mean, you go walking outside, and all of a sudden you'd see an adult stand there with one of the kids all hunched over, throwing up. I mean, there, and then they had this stuff that they would put on on the piles of puke to help you know contain the germs and things you'd see these like little piles of stuff all over the place and it was crazy uh, the staff were all getting it and they pretty much had cabins devoted to all the sick kids you know and there's just nothing you can do and then what was funny you know i mean like a bunch of the staff was going down they're like doubling up 
you know, uh, kids with the counselors because it was just there just there wasn't enough staff and so many kids were sick. But you know what was cool? I, my nobody in my cabin got sick. I was like one of the only cabins that did get, not get touched with the pestilence. I didn't get sick that whole time, and it's because I was the most spiritual. Uh, I'm just kidding. It just, we we didn't get it. And um, I, I was ready to actually one of my one of the kids in my cabin threw up, but it was at a night when they would go out to a screenhouse, and he went out there with another group, so I didn't even have to deal with it. So that was one, that was one of the great things. But I remember when we got done after that, we got over and we sent all the kids home to go give all the germs to their families. You know, we sent them all home. They had the whole place just go crazy. They gave us all you know cans of Lysol and all these things, and we literally wiped down everything. In that camp, I mean, we that we we use so many chemicals. I'm surprised we all didn't die of cancer. You know, I went into Casey's this morning, and the chemical smell was so powerful in there. I was like, you know, we might not get coronavirus, but we're all going to die of cancer probably here pretty soon with all this stuff that they're using. But you know, we you know we we did that, and you know, the next week it was gone. You know, nobody got it after that. It was a quick one. But you know, we've all seen things like this because plagues, viruses, they've always been around. It, 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 it's a real thing, and it's not something that we need to ignore. You know, it's definitely precautions you want to take. I mean, because, you know, while the flu, you can say, well, you know, the flu is the flu. But you know what? Ask any mom who's got a lot of kids how things go whenever the flu goes through the house, and then everybody in the family is getting it, okay? You know, ask any guy who gets the flu at all and is, you know, going through pain worse than his wife's ever had to endure having kids and things like that, you know. Nobody wants that kind of thing, do they? So, you know, and I say all that to say, you know, don't get too down on somebody, especially if it's like a family, they got a bunch of kids, and there's maybe a little paranoid about getting the flu. Because it is. It's a big deal when that happens, especially in a big family. But either way, though, you know, none of these things are excused to just completely lose our minds. Okay. And we've seen, and we're seeing people just kind of losing their minds over this thing. You know, the toilet paper junk is just ridiculous. It's embarrassed. I'm embarrassed by Americans today. And I am pretty much every day, but I'm, I'm, I'm exceptionally embarrassed right now by Americans. And, you know, but, you know, we do need we don't also want to be have this attitude as Christians that, you know what, I'm right with God. These things can't touch me. No, just because you're saved doesn't mean you can't get sick. That, that's ridiculous. We need to understand we are not immune to any of the things that can take out the lost. We can get cancer, we can get sick, you know, we can die of stupid things, we can die of fear, thing, all that stuff can happen to us because we're made out of the same flesh that the lost is made out of. And the Bible says in Matthew 5, verse 43, You have heard that it's been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. Now, we all know this passage here, but why did Jesus tell them to love your enemies? The reason they're supposed to love their enemies is that ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. Right? He's not saying it so you will be saved, but so we will appear as others to be of God, that we will appear to be His children. Why do we need to do that? Because, it says, For He maketh His Son to rise on the evil and on the good, and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. Did you know that the evidence that you are a child of God is not that you don't get sick? Not that you don't have any problems in life. You know why? Because <clears throat> those things happen to everybody. You know, the evidence that we're the children of God is when we are not like the world. 
when we don't act like they do, and when we do things like loving our enemies and blessing them that curse us, when we do that, people will look at us then and say, you know what? They're the children of God. They're not going to look at us and say, you know what? None of those people got the coronavirus. They must be said, you know, I'm, you know, they must be the children of God. That's not the way these things work. And people, I've, and I've seen people doing this too online on Facebook. They'll go back to these Old Testament passages about God telling Israel, if you do all these things, you know, none of these plagues are going to come upon you. And they want to apply them to Christians. But, you know, here's something you got to understand about a lot of those things we're reading. We're not going to take time to go to all of them. Okay. God would give these things to the Jews and tell them, this is what I'll do for you if you keep my commandments. But here's the question. Did they ever do that? No, they didn't. And so you know what happened? All those plagues came on them. All these things that God said, I will keep them from you if you'll follow my commandments. They didn't follow his commandments and all those things came on them. They didn't just get exempted because they were the chosen people. And we don't get exempted from the junk that's in this world just because we are saved. Now, God can protect us from these things, but he might not. God let Job go through some pretty bad stuff, too. And so the thing is, you know, it's foolish since the Jews never received those promises because they never kept the commandments. We would be fools as Christians to think that because we are saved by grace through faith and not of works, that we're going to get all the physical promises without keeping the commandments. Okay, so do you all get that? So when you see the name it, claim it, prosperity type people out there, you know, just you know, give your money and be right with God and, you know, these things won't touch you. You know, you can go and you can drink any, you know, you can drink poison. You'll be fine. You can handle snakes. You can go shake hands with somebody with the coronavirus and it's not going to touch you. You know, don't listen to that. That's foolish. Okay, we're made out of the same flesh that everyone else is. And if the New Testament teaches us anything, it teaches us that Christians suffer too. And sometimes we suffer even more than the world does. And so the benefit of being a Christian, though, during a crisis is that we have spiritual peace while the world doesn't. You know, we can have spiritual peace in a pandemic, in a financial collapse, in whatever. We can have spiritual peace. The Bible says in Colossians 3.14, And above all these things, put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful. We've got to let the peace of God rule in our hearts. If you want, you can let something else reign. You can let fear reign in your hearts if you want. You've got to choose to let the peace of God rule in your hearts. And I like what he says right here, because this is going to bring us to the first thing that I think we ought to do as Christians if, to help keep our cool in a crisis. He says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. So right after he tells them to let the peace of God rule in your hearts, he tells them to sing psalms and hymns, spiritual songs, sing, you know, singing, making melody in your hearts, or sing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. You know what a good thing you can do is to help yourself keep your cool during a crisis is turn off the stinking radio, turn off the stinking news and listen to some good music. Why don't you go every once in a while, just listen to some good, godly, doctrinally sound, uplifting music of praise and worship to God, and just let that get in your hearts. Let that get in your minds. 
Let that kind of thing go in your ear. That's why it's good to come to church and sing praise to God and to listen to the singing and listen to the music that goes on. That kind of thing, it gets in your hearts. It gets in your head. But you know, problem with in times like these, you got too many people going to other places and get a bunch of other junk in their head. And I'm not saying that you can't go and you know find out what's going on. Just check up. You know, the, you know. Sometimes you need a plan. It's important to know what's going on. But do we really want to do 24/7, just listening to the news in a time like this? You know what you need to do? You need to listen to some good music. Another thing you need to do? You need to stop listening to a bunch of wolf crying fear mongers. It, now, we very well could have. You know, a pandemic of epic proportions. You know, I mean, we might all, you know, 10% of us, you know, some of the numbers I'm seeing people talking about, you know, 10% of us are probably going to be dead by the time that, you know, by the time this is all done. That, you know, and man, and I could get up here if I wanted right now and I could do like some of these preachers, you know, you know, folks right now, you know, we just need to be praying like never before. I don't know what this is going to turn into. You know, we just got to pray for God's deliverance. I was watching Fox News and they said, you know, you know, and just you know, get you all freaked out and stuff. You know, that's that is not right. And listen, you, you got to understand that you know the few things you need to understand about the news media. Okay, first off, a stop clock is right twice a day. Now, they might get this one right, but at the same time, are we going to beat somebody up if they're not trusting the news media on this right now? Don't you think the news media has earned our lack of trust? I mean, if the news media has accomplished anything, is that they have taught us that we cannot trust the news media. But that doesn't mean that everything that they say is wrong. Okay? They might say some things that are true. If they tell me that the sun came up today, it doesn't mean that it's a conspiracy and they're just, you know, there's a great big flying saucer shining a great big light in place of the sun today, you know, because we know the news media lies. Okay? But at the same time, you know, there's a, you know, there's a reason to be skeptical, but, you know, we don't want to be stupid either. It says in, um, well, I don't, I don't want to get ahead of myself, uh, but we'll look at what it says in Proverbs 10, verse 19. Notice what it says right here. It says, in a multitude of words, there wanteth not sin, but he that refraineth his lips is wise. You know what part of the problem is going on right now is too many people are saying too much with too little information. And in a multitude of words, they're one of not sin. You know, one of the problems that the news media has today is that it's 24-7. You know, back in the day, you know, the news was something that everybody watched in the evening. You know, there was a certain time in the evening, if you wanted to get the news, you had to go and you had to sit down in front of your television at a certain time in the evening, and then you had to see what that was going on then. You know, and even before that, you had to wait for the newspaper to come out. You know, so the thing is, though, now you want to know what you're supposed to be scared of. You can go, I mean, multiple channels, 24 hours a day. You've got the Internet. I mean, just I mean, constant stuff, anything you want to find. Folks, if you think that this is some kind of just great big scam, nothing's happening. You can find somebody on YouTube telling you that if you think that this is way worse than they're telling us and we're all going to be dead in a couple of weeks, you'll find somebody on YouTube that's telling you that, too. You can find whatever you want you can, uh, with a bunch. And you know what? Some of y'all, too, some of these people that you're listening to that are telling you all these horrible things that are to come, will you at least do me a favor? If you want to listen to them right now, that's fine. But can you mark their names down 
and promise that if it doesn't happen, you will never listen to them again. Please? You know, because if we would do that, you know, the, in, in the pre prophecy world, people like Robert Breaker wouldn't have a single viewer or subscriber. You know, people like Peter Ruckman, he would have been forgotten long ago if people would have remembered, hey, this guy hyped me up for the rapture and it didn't come when he said it was going to come. I can't trust him. But you know what? Here's why you're going to go back and you're going to listen to the same clowns that hype this thing up. You're going to do because you enjoy it. He's telling you what you want to hear. Some of you all enjoy getting scared. You want, you mean you didn't spend all these years watching disaster movies and things to, you know, not want your opportunity to live it. You know, you didn't buy all those shotguns and zombie slayer bullets, you know, for the zombie apocalypse only to not get, you know, be looking for an opportunity to shoot some zombies. Okay. This is people. This is what you want to hear. But you know what? Those of you that keep falling for these same clowns saying the same stupid stuff all the time because it's what you get entertained with. Can you stop scaring everybody else with those people? You know what? Can you just listen to them in private and in embarrassment and in hiding? Can you treat it like you you do your pornography addiction? You don't go broadcasting that kind of thing. You don't go talking about that when you're listening. You're watching that kind of trash. And so if you're going to keep listening to these people over and over again, and they're going to get keeping you hyped up and getting you worried and about to pass out and have a heart attack, you know what? Be ashamed of it at least and keep it quiet. And don't be telling everybody else about it. And you know what? And if they accidentally get something right, they're not credible all of a sudden. It's like the same new IFB clowns that are always reprobating everybody, crying wolf every time a new person comes along. If they happen to get it right one time, doesn't mean they're now reliable. You know, if you just shoot at everybody, you're going to get a bad guy eventually. Okay? You go on a mass shooting, you're probably going to get at least one pedophile, somebody who had it coming. But you know what? You're not a hero. You're a murderer. You shot a lot of innocent people and you ought to go to prison. So, you know, you just, we've got to understand if you're just going to be listening to this stuff all the time, people who are not trustworthy, you're going to find yourself not keeping your cool in a crisis. You're going to find your heart failing you for fear because, you know, I'm telling you, these, these people do, you know, it is, it is about the ratings many times. So it doesn't mean that not everything you know, that everything they say is a lie. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes 5, 3, for a dream cometh through a multitude of business and a fool's voice is known by a multitude of words. Again, I, I wish when they would have these people that come on there and they're saying, well, these are the statistics we have right now, but we still don't know a whole lot yet. You know, we don't have all, well, then you know what? Shut up until you get all the info. You know, when you have all the numbers, then tell us the statistics. Not before. But that, that's what they're all doing. You know, it could be, well, it could be a bunch of things. Don't tell us, don't tell us what it could be. Tell us what it is. If you can't tell us what it is, you know what that means? There's no news. Okay? And that, there's no news. Okay? It's speculation, but yet people take these things as news, and it's wrong. It's foolish. It's going to get you in trouble. Look at what it says in 2 Kings chapter 5. Now, this is something, too, you've got to take into consideration. I'm not saying it. I'm not telling you that, you know, I'm not trying to make the claim that any of this stuff is a hoax. I don't know. I personally think it probably is real just because viruses and epidemics are just a way of life they have been since the beginning of time. That's all there is to it. 
And you ought to take precautions when they come. There's things that you should do about it. But notice what it says in 2 Kings 5.5. 5. Here's, here's just something we need to keep in mind. It says, And the king of Syria said, Go to, go, and I will send a letter unto the king of Israel. And he departed and took with him ten talents of silver and six thousand pieces of gold and ten chains of raiment. This is his name in the Syrian. Okay? He's a leper. And he wants help. So he tells him to take all this to the king. And he brought the letter to the king of Israel, saying, Now when this letter is come unto thee, behold, I have therewith sent Naaman my servant to thee, that thou mayest recover him of his leprosy. He's basically going to the king saying, Hey, I'm giving you all this money to cure Naaman of his leprosy. Now, if this king would have been an American politician, he would have said, well, you came to the right person. I can heal him of his leprosy. I just, all i got to do is just get approval from Congress to raise taxes. And we can make anything happen if we just raise taxes. You know, all I need to do is just to get Congress you know, to approve this uh, you know, uh, seizure of control. If we can just remove this freedom, then I can eliminate leprosy from the land. Right? Is that what he did? Was this an American right here? No, look what it says. It says, And it came to pass when the king of Israel had read the letter that he rent his clothes and said, Am I God to kill and to make alive that this man does send unto me to recover a man of his leprosy? Wherefore, consider, I pray you, and see how he seeketh a quarrel against me. You know what he said? He's like, I can't do this. You know what? I don't care how much you like Trump. He can't cure a disease. He can't stop an epidemic. But isn't everybody calling on him to do that? Now, why are they calling on Trump to do everything? You know why? Because they're seeking a quarrel against them. You know why? Because it's an election year. And folks, I'm not up here today to defend Trump. But here's the thing. And I don't want to get ahead of myself here. I am for following leadership on certain things. But why in the world would it be the president of the United States? Why can't our local communities deal with these situations? Why can't our governors on a state-by-state level deal with things? Why is it that for every problem, why is it that if Illinois has a problem, and let's say we're the only one that has the problem, the solution is always go to the president. Why is it that when Flint, Michigan was having their water crisis, everybody was talking about it in the presidential debates in the last election? What does the federal government what have to do with Flint, Michigan's water? Why can't Flint, Michigan take care of their water? You know why? Because it's all a call for government control on the highest levels. They want to be able to control everything. And so they are. They're putting all the president on the pre- this pressure on the president to control something that he can't control, something he shouldn't even try to control. If we're going to try to deal with, you know, Stopping the spread of these things, most of what needs to be done needs to be taken care of on a local level. And he is doing some things on the national level, like when it comes to you know the flights and people coming into the country. That's an area where I think he has some say. But when it comes to you know shutting down schools, which he, and he didn't do that, that's being done on a state level. You know, or whatever they're doing, these things ought to be done. And I'm thankful I haven't noticed him in that area, you know, overstepping his bounds. I do think there's other stuff going on behind the scenes. We can talk about some other time, but I do, you know, I'm, I'm glad for that. And you know what? We shouldn't call on him for that. When the people in the news media are calling on him for that, just, you know what? They're just seeking a quarrel. You know why? Because if things do get really bad, they want to find a way to blame them. Because it's an election year. And that's what he's, he's just seeking a quarrel against me. Why would he ask me? I wish 
I wish, and I've said this before, I'm going to say it again. I'm voting for the next guy who gets up during debate. And when somebody says, Mr. President, what are you going to do about whatever? He says, nothing. It's not my job. First one, that, first one that acknowledges something is not his place. I'm going to be, I'm, I'm campaigning for that guy. I don't care if he's Republican or Democrat. And I don't think either of them would ever say that. You know, what are you going to do to improve the family situations or, you know, th- nothing. That's not my job. You know, I, you know, what are you going to do to stop hunger? Maybe if he said, I'm going to start punishing losers that don't feed their own families. But they, they, they always think they have the solution for everything. But it says in verse 8 here, it says, and, so, and, and it was so when Elisha, the man of God, had heard the king of Israel had rent his clothes, that he sent to the king, saying, Wherefore hast thou rent thy clothes? Let him come now to me, and he shall know that there is a prophet in Israel. And you all know the story. Elisha ends up curing Naaman of his leprosy. You know, God's the one that did a miracle here. And the thing that people need to be looking to is God during difficult times. You know, we, I, I'm, I'm thankful that he called for a national day of prayer. I'm glad that he's at least acknowledging God in a situation like this. I think that's what people need to do during times like this. And so, you know, that's a good thing. But at the same time, too, having said all this, one thing that we want to make sure that we don't do is we don't want to get hasty in, in our thinking and get careless, too. Look what it says in Psalms 116 in verse 9 says, I will walk before the Lord before the Lord in the land of the living. I believe, therefore I have I spoken. I was greatly afflicted. Listen to this. I said in my haste, all men are liars. Okay, again, when you hear bad news, don't just write everyone off as liars. You know what? That's hasty, that's lazy, and it's foolish to do that. You know, it is okay for you to actually it, it you know it takes work to actually sit down and judge a situation. And to actually look into something and to figure things out. But you know, we got people today, they're just like, that's all a lie. They're all liars. Well, you know, all, the, all the politicians, they're all bad. They're all evil. Well, are you sure? Can you name any of them? You know, you know how bad all the politicians are, but you can't even name the two senators of your state. You know, I think that's an uninformed, extremely mouthy opinion that you have. And I don't care about it. You know, you're, you're just being lazy when you just say all men are liars. And that's how people, they do that with a lot of things. They do all, all you know, all preachers are liars. All, all churches are, all, all Christians are hypocrites. You know, the MGTOW, you know, all girls are, you know, harlots and things like that. They're just, you know, it, it, you're just lazy. Okay. You're lazy. You're hasty. You don't want to have to do any work. You don't want to have to think. So you do, you just make huge accusations like that. Oh, it's all a lie. You know, I'm just going to go out and I'm just going to touch everybody. You know, it's all fake and I'm not, you know, don't do that. All right, go ahead and take some precautions. You know, don't go freaking people out. And do, you know, just that's wrong. That's not the way to handle these things. Verse 12 says, what shall I render unto the Lord for all his benefits toward me? I will take the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows unto the Lord now in the presence of of all his people. So, you know, you need to keep your focus on the Lord at all times and remain dependent on him. Don't get hasty. Don't just say all men are liars, but, you know, keep your focus on the Lord. And then I like this verse, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. Do you know, if we, you know, with, the, with this epidemic, do you realize that the worst thing that can happen to any of us is that we can get sick and die? 
And did you know that that happens every day? People get sick and die? Since, I mean, folks, since the fall of man, people have been getting sick and dying. And if you're saved, the Bible says precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. Now, I'm not ready to go now. Okay? I don't want to go on the next bus load. But at the same time, that's the worst thing that can happen to me is I can die. And the Bible says it's precious. So, you know, why would I let that just cause me to be overwhelmed with fear and panic and start throwing all my principles out the window? That's the last thing that we need to be doing. It says, O oh Lord, truly I am thy servant. I am thy servant and the son of thine handmaid. Thou hast loosed my bonds. Be willing to do whatever God wants you to do, even if it means God wants you to die. Be like Job, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. That's the attitude we ought to have. And it's pathetic when Christians start using difficult times and scary stories in the news media as a time to just throw up their hands and just give up on God. No, the worst thing that can happen to you is you die, and that's precious in the sight of the Lord. You ought to be willing to be his servant, let him do whatever, and that ought to be, and though he slay you, you're still going to trust in him. That ought to be your ad, that ought to be your attitude. So the th- th- next thing you need to do during a crisis, you need to be the same person you are when things are good. And it says in 2 Timothy 4, 2 and 3, it says, Preach the word, be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heat themselves, teachers having itching ears. He's telling them there's going to come a time where people don't want sound doctrine. They're just going to want to have their ears tickled. They're going to want to just hear what they want to hear. But you know what? You need to preach the word in season and out of season. And when it comes to being a decent citizen, when it comes to being kind and generous and caring and helpful, that goes during a crisis and not during a crisis. Whatever's going on, we ought to be that way. This is not the time to get greedy, but it's the time to be generous. And folks, we've seen some greed, haven't we? Fear-induced greed. People, I mean, fighting over toilet paper, it doesn't even make sense. That, that doesn't even make sense. You know, it's so pathetic. You know, I would rather, I would rather go out in my, my backyard and use leaves than lose my dignity fighting somebody over toilet paper. At least I can still have my dignity when I do that. You know, anybody who's out there fighting people over toilet paper, I would rather, you know, maintain my dignity and go outside and use leaves than be some selfish hoarder. And then go and then these people, too, that are hoping to, like, just sell it at an extreme price. That's just wicked. You know what? Anybody, I don't believe in taking the law in your own hands. Anybody out there going to be, that gets caught price gouging with toilet paper? Y'all be allowed to beat them up. I'm, I'm sorry, but I'm not going to do it. But I will. I, I would have a few words to say to them. I would get their name and I'd put them in my book. And I said, "What's your book? I don't have one yet, but I'll start one." And in my book, if you get put down in it, I will never do business with you. You are a scumbag. I will find out who you are. I will find out if you have any type of business, and I will boycott you into oblivion. Because you are a scumbag. Okay, if there is a toilet paper crisis, that's not the time to get greedy. It's the time to share is what it is. But that's not what we're seeing going on. No, not, not in our messed up country. It doesn't even make sense, but that's what's going on. You know, you need to be generous 
during a crisis, not greedy. You know, the threat of a crisis too, that's not an excuse to be lazy. You know, it's, it's a little harder. It, it becomes more difficult sometimes to do the right thing in a crisis situation. But we need to do it anyway. But people use this as an excuse. Proverbs 22.13 says, The slothful man says, There is a lion without. I shall be slain in the streets. Okay? Now, if there's a lion in the streets, you shouldn't go out. right? But he's just saying that because he wants to get out of stuff. You know what? And I'm afraid there's some people out there they're using this whole thing. They're wanting to hype it up because this is an excuse that they can just stay home, sit on their can, and do absolutely nothing. It's not that there's an actual, they even fear there's an actual problem. They are just taking this as an opportunity to have an excuse for being lazy so they can, for one week of their life, not be judged for being pathetic. You know, listen, if, if there's a line in the street, stay inside. Hey. If there's, a, if there's a bad virus out there taking people out, killing everybody, stay inside, stay away from people, wear a mask, do whatever you have to do. But, you know, are, are you sure you need to be acting like an animal when you don't even know anybody yet that's sick? I'm not saying we got to wait until we're all dropping dead. But, I mean, are you really ready to just lose all your principles and just start being an idiot when you don't even know anybody. And you know what? Tom Hanks doesn't count. You don't know him, and he's in Australia. So that's not, that's not even an excuse. So it, you know, a crisis, though, we got, is, it's not the time to be lawless either. It, as much as I hate the government, as much as I hate the news media, and I don't trust them, you know, during a crisis, that's not the time when we want to just go, you know, be, being lawless ourselves, being a pain in the neck, standing up against certain things that are that are kind of useless. Uh, you know, we should cooperate with authorities to help us from spreading things. You know, in Leviticus chapter 13 and verse 1, it says, When a man shall have in the skin of his flesh a rising, a scab, or a bright spot, and it be in the skin of his flesh like the plague of leprosy, then he shall be brought unto Aaron the priest, and unto one of the sons of the priest. And the priest shall look on the plague... In the skin of the flesh. And then it goes on and it describes what they're looking for. And understand that when it came to leprosy, now that was a really bad thing. That was a really bad thing. But understand that even in Israel, they had people assigned, people who were taught how to identify these things. Now, have you all been taught how to identify the coronavirus? I haven't. Any of you all have any testing kits? I haven't either. Okay, but there are people that are in charge that are paid to study these things. This is their job. This is what they do. And there are people that are in place who have been put there to make decisions when things get really bad. And you, this is where we are reminded that elections have consequences. If our leaders are idiots then you know what? We're going to have to put up with some stupid decisions that they make. But you know what? We ought to put up with them. And it stinks. I, I, I don't like it. But, you know, we don't want to go being lawless during these times. These people are there for a reason. And you know what? We need to follow the lead of our leaders and not the news media. Okay? And not your YouTube basement dweller guy making videos. Telling you he's got the inside scoop. 
You know, there's that guy that looks like he just crawled out of bed, looks like he hasn't bathed in weeks, and he's always got the inside scoop. And you know, you're gonna you're gonna listen to that guy. You're gonna follow his lead rather than an elected official. They're all corrupt. No, that's you being lazy. You don't even know who they are. That's how much time you put into this. That's how much study you put into these individuals. And you're just going to be hasty, like you said in Psalms, and just declare them all evil. That's just, that's just being lazy. So you can just go whistle in the dark and expect all of us to do it with you. That's not right either. So it's times like these where our, our elected leaders are supposed to step up and do some things. And you know what? Here's what you need to do. Stop being lazy. Pay attention to everything they do and hold them accountable for it on election day. Okay? Oh, I don't believe in voting. Well, you sure do believe in running your mouth a lot. You know, you sure have a strong opinion about absolutely everything. And, you know, and I do. I just think it's lazy to just say it's all bad. It's all corrupt. I have nothing to do with it. Hey, and I, and I get it on the national level. It's bad, but on a, I'm talking on a local level. And I would, I would be respectful if our mayor, you know, was like, hey, we need to shut down public gatherings. You know what? That's why he's there. But if he does, if, if I think he's wrong when he does it, if I think it was a bad decision, you know what? I'm going to make him pay the consequences come election day. You know, I'd rather listen to the guy who's got, and you know, I trust him, a man who actually lives in our area, has to see people in our area. You know, he, he actually has face-to-face contact with the people that he affects than these people in the ivory palaces in Washington, D.C. Okay? I, I get you. I, I get how people are with them, but I think we need, to, we need to remember our local areas. These are the areas we can really affect. I, I really do believe that, and they do. They have consequences, and some of you, you've done absolutely nothing, and you want to complain when now you're going to pay the consequences for it because you let all the losers you know, decide who's going to get there. You let all the people who vote for the person who promises them the most stuff because you were too holy and you were too spiritual to just, you know, do it because, you know, nobody's up to your standard. Nobody's who you are, you know. And so, therefore, you know, you can, man, if you are so great, can you please go run for office so I can vote for you? Man, we, the country needs you. Actually, we don't. But... But anyway, you know, I, I do think that we ought to cooperate. I do think this is something where it is in their jurisdiction, and so we're not going to be lawless, okay? We're not going to go breaking the law. This is not the time to do that, okay? Now, when everything calms down, if we think that they stepped out of line and they took things too far and made bad decisions, let's hammer them for it, okay? Let's hammer them for it if that happens. But not while... Things are bad, especially when we have no idea what's going on. That's not the, that's not the time to do it. So um, uh, look at what it says uh, in Genesis chapter 12. Genesis chapter 12. And I'm just going to read these real quick. But Genesis 12:17. notice what it says. And the Lord plagued Pharaoh and his house with great plagues because of Sarai, Abram's wife. Notice there were plagues back in Genesis. And notice in Revelation 22:18 it says, For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book, if any man shall add unto, thee, unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. Did you know that wars, famines, pestilences, 
They've always been around and always will be. And they're not, and listen, they're all serious. They're all real. They're all serious. But you know, at the same time, it's life and we're supposed to do the right thing all the time. In season and out of season. And you know, it's amazing how scared Christians are of these things today and how much they're letting these things freak them out and cause them to act ways they shouldn't, do things they shouldn't. You know, and, and I think, I think our generation is just horrible with this stuff too. And I think a lot of it's because of the fact that it's our generation that's been taught that, you know, wars, famines, and pestilences and tribulation is the wrath of God. And so people have had this expectations. We won't have to deal with any of this stuff. You know, you know what's going on in the pre-trib world right now? You know, people are wondering, hey, you know, are the post-tribbers right? You know, but no, this can't be it because we're still here. You know, this isn't, we're, we're, you know, you, you know, that's what they're doing right now. And they'll be doing, you know, and they'll be doing that forever. But, you know, it, so I, I think, I don't think this is anywhere near, and this is my uneducated opinion, but I highly doubt this is going to be any worse than many other things that we've gone through. But I do believe that fear has taken over a level that I've never seen before. And I think that's sad. It reminds me of 9-11 when the gas prices spiked immediately. And you know where a lot of that started? In Bloomington. It was a Casey's in Bloomington. They like jacked the price up. This was back when it was less than $2 a gallon. They jacked the price up like $4 a gallon. And you know what? I've never known which Casey's that is for sure, but I hope everybody just never went there again. And that place went out of business. Because that was wrong. That guy, the person there just panicked and then word spread. And gas, you know, people start going crazy buying gas. And you know what? Right now, our country is so stupid. We were talking about it yesterday. If we wanted, we could go right now after church. We could all get together. We could all go line up at the gas station at the same time, start filling our cars, get a bunch of, you know, gas containers, fill them up. We could snap a few pictures of it, post it on social media. The gas shortage begins. And before you know it, mass panic, all the gas is gone. That's that would happen, folks. That's how stupid our country is, and it, it might happen before the, before the week's over. You know, this, this is ridiculous, and it it shouldn't be that way. You know, there ought to be some people around, being the voice of reason, keeping their cool, not you know fanning the flames and these things, and that ought to be us. And so, listen, many you know the uh, many people are going to get sick. People are going to die, but you know what? Life's going to continue. You know, we need to move on, and, and something's eventually going to take all of us out. And when we get taken out, we're not victims. Everyone who's ever lived has died except for Elijah and Enoch, and that even includes Jesus. So, you know, you're not a victim. <laughs> you're, you're not a victim in an exceptional way, Okay. And so we just, we've got to understand that. And there's nothing wrong with being cautious. There's nothing wrong with making preparations when there is a crisis. But sin still isn't an option. And when the Bible says, take no thought for the morrow, it's not saying that nothing bad is going to happen to you. In fact, it's saying the contrary. Because it says sufficient uh, under the day is the evil thereof. You're going to have, he's basically saying, hey, don't worry about tomorrow. Hey, there's plenty of bad things coming. But you know, Here's what he's saying, though. There's no benefit in worrying and obsessing about things that are out of your control. And there are some things that are just out of our control. And so one thing, you, and you, another thing you shouldn't do, don't go around acting super spiritual, proclaiming you have faith that this plague is not going to touch you. 
If you're going to act that way, I hope you get it. All right. <laughs> I don't, I don't, but, you know, that, that's, that's a bad attitude. Okay? That's a bad attitude to have, too. You know, that's proud. You're, you know what you're doing when you do that? You're just tempting God. That's all you're doing. Fine. If you're going to act that way, I'm going to give it to you. You know, I don't, I don't show who my disciples are based on who gets sick and who doesn't get sick. So based on loving your enemies, it's based on keeping my commandments. You need to do those things. And at the end of the day, take precautions, do what you need to do. You know, if you want to stock up on food, toilet paper, all, but you know what? Don't sin. Don't be greedy. Don't worry. You know, don't, don't fan the flames. Don't cause chaos. Don't, don't spread that fear. Let's be calm. Let's be the voice of reason because people need that right now. And I say we use this as an opportunity to spread the gospel and to give people comfort. They, you know, they ought to see a difference in us. They ought to see that, you know, they don't act like all the other nut jobs that are out there. And maybe people will be more likely to hear what we have to say. So with that, let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you so much for your word. Dear God, I just pray that you'll help us to uh, just remain calm during these difficult times. I pray, Lord, that we won't be careless, that we won't be hasty and just write off everything as a lie, but we'll just uh, take things as they come and we'll just continue doing the right thing from day to day. And I pray you'll help us to set an example of someone who is, doesn't have the spirit of fear, but of power of love and of a sound mind. And I pray that you'll, it'll uh, cause us to be a great testimony. We can see people saved as a result. In your name we pray. Amen.